uh, believe it or not, Paul is uh, kind of like David in the Old Testament. You know, if you want to see a man with passion and with struggle, you, you can look at David in the Old Testament uh, and how he overcame things. And really, really almost any of the Old Testament Bible characters, Elijah and his problems, <laughs> uh, Naaman, um, I mean, you know, you you uh, you just go on and on uh, to uh, Jonah uh, and uh, just the different Bible characters, whether somebody needing a healing or somebody, uh, you know, struggling with obeying God. Uh, we see ourselves in those people. And if you'll look at it right, you will. Don't just look at Scripture as, ooh, the holy written word is being read, you know, and kind of hold your breath. But see yourself in those Bible characters. And guess what? If you have struggles with your faith and you struggle with fear or you struggle with insecurities, uh, I want to say to you, welcome to the human race. You know, you're not special. You don't need special deliverance or special prayer necessary, necessarily. Um, you just, you just have to get in line with the rest of us. And um, make decisions on a daily basis. I'm going to live according to the word and live according to grace. Amen. And ask for God's grace for the part that you feel like you're lacking in to help you. And um, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm fallible and I need help. And, um, you know, uh, in the word of faith movement, uh, which has kind of stopped moving, it's Kind of more of a monument now, uh, the Word of Faith monument, I, I call it. But uh, we tended to shy away from saying anything about uh, needing help or needing or or you know being being weak in any way. But uh, my goodness, folks, uh, we all, we all even if the Apostle Paul said he needed help, and he explains his struggles. You ever seen anything more struggling than Romans 7? I mean, you know, I, he says the things I want to do, I don't. The things I hate, that's what I end up doing. And, and have you ever, you know, had that situation where you, you said or behaved or thought in a way that you later thought, golly, I wish I wouldn't have done that or said that or, you know, whatever regrets. Come on. It's just being human on this earth. And it doesn't mean we're not trusting God. Usually it means we're, we're attempting to trust God. And the powers that be, the devil, uh, are, is trying to talk us out of it and to just, you know, throw it. Now, I'm not for throwing in the towel and claiming defeat and saying, well, it's no use. That's a bad confession. But to say that, Lord, I need you, every hour I need you, is not a bad confession. Just thought I'd release you from that. And to say, Lord, and I sometimes the best prayer I can choke out is, Lord, help me with this situation. And if you really mean it, Lord, help me with this situation, he'll give you guidance and direction and peace and joy even in, in the midst of it. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to breathe at least and, uh, and sleep and those things. Amen? So I want to get into this. Uh, here's, here's, um, here's the... Um, uh, Story, uh, have I got the right 
verse here. I don't think I've got, oh, let's go, so I'm, that's because I've got the wrong chapter. It's Acts 16, sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> God help, see, right there. I'm a living example of needing help. If we get through this message today, it'll be a miracle. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Acts 16, yeah. So Paul is a living example of what I'm trying to say today. Two things. One is, we are people of the Word. Amen. We are people of the book. We are people of the Word. We are people of Scripture, especially Rhema-inspired Scripture, uh, Holy Spirit-inspired Scripture to us. And we know, as Word people, we know how to... When we have a need, you know, maybe we've got a physical attack or a financial attack or our children or grandkids or whatever the problem is, a relationship problem. We know how to get in the Word and find what the Bible says about it. In fact, most of us are little walking topical Bibles. If you ask us what about anything, we'll, we'll rattle off Scripture for you faster than you can blink. Praise the Lord. So that's a good thing. We're Word people, Bible people. Praise the Lord. But... On the other hand, I had a friend of mine, teacher, who said, uh, he said, I, an Achilles heel on people of faith, people of the word, uh, is standing doggedly on scripture, um, because it belongs to you. But the Holy Spirit also wants to be involved in our decisions, wants to be involved in helping us. You know, the Holy Spirit's a comforter. He's the Holy Spirit's a helper. He, he helps those who need help. <laughs> the Bible talks about coming to the throne of grace to find help, you know, in time of need. So there's nothing wrong with needing help. I need a little help. How about you? But it's not just, you know, it's not just the Lord dumping, you know, $6 million into your account. Um, you kind of need guidance on what to do with it. You kind of need guidance on, not kind of, totally need guidance on what to, uh, what to do. And so oftentimes we'll say, well, I know that, you know, this, I can buy this or I'm going to do this, this deal here or something because uh, it's my right. You know, it's my right as a believer. It's my right as an American. I can do this deal. And then uh, the Holy Spirit's going, yeah, I know, but I'm trying to lead you this direction. And so sometimes we, there, there is a time against all, everything against you. There is a time to just stand on that word and rebuke the devil and claim your confession and not budge. There's a time for that. But then sometimes, uh, the resistance to things are not necessarily the devil. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit getting involved with you and saying, now, wait, just wait a minute. There's a better way to do this. Or, or, or that's not exactly my will. No, I'm not talking about total redemptive things. Like you would never pray about that concerning salvation and righteousness. The Lord's not pulling you back from that. Or divine healing, for that matter. He's not pulling you back. Stay sick a little longer. He's going to show you something. That's ridiculous. And, and generally... When it comes to finances and to prosperity, God's not pulling you back. He's not wanting you not to prosper. He's not wanting you not to be blessed. Amen. 
But oftentimes we're, we're, we're determined to just obey the, the word and only be word people. But we can't be just word people. We've got to be word and spirit people. Is this helping anybody? And say, okay, Lord, I know what your word, it's good. First off, I know what the word says about this. Find out if it's God's will, first of all, in the word. But then pay attention to what the spirit is saying. Because you can say, well, I'm going to buy this car. I don't care what. Uh, you know, I'm just going to do it. Well, I've learned to regret that decision, you know. Well, I've got the money. I'm going to buy it. There. And I did. And if I would have listened to the Holy Spirit, I think he might have warned me. That ain't the one to get. But you know what I'm saying about about because we can do it, we do it. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is saying, just wait, pull back. I've got something better for you. I believe he always has something better for us. Do you believe that than, than, than oftentimes what we're thinking? And so it's not that the, if it's hard, it's the devil and if it's, or, 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 or whatever, but oftentimes we just need to hear from God. Okay. I'm going to get into this that hair lips the devil. Acts 16, 1, then came he to Derby and Lystra and beheld a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain woman who was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek from Tarpon Springs, (laughs) which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that, uh, they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. That's a good one for us to claim, amen, that we increase in number daily. Uh, now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, notice that. That's an interesting, this is what I'm talking about. Forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Um, now here's the conflict that I'm referring to. Now, Jesus said, Jesus had already said what he said about preaching the gospel before this. Remember, on the on Ascension Day, his last words were, go into all the world. Would that include Asia? Now, the... Now, the Father and the Son and the Spirit never would have an argument, right? The Spirit and the Word agree. The Father and the Holy Ghost and the Son would agree. So here's the Son saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. You know, it says they went everywhere and preached. And here's Paul and his party trying to go everywhere to preach. Now here it says the Holy Spirit forbid them to go. 
Now it looks like we got a conflict because on one hand, Jesus is saying go, and on the other hand, the Holy Spirit is saying don't go. Well, who should I obey, Jesus or the Holy Spirit? But I want you to see something. There was a reason why, and we're going to see it. It's the Macedonian vision. But the reason why that the Holy Spirit would not let them go. Notice they weren't home. They weren't, they were not, not going anywhere. They weren't just sitting there, you know, saying, where should we go? Well, Jesus told them where they should go into all the world. You people say, I don't know where to start. We'll start with the world, and after that, he'll show you where to go next. You know, right? So he says, go into all the world and preach to every creature. Well, that's what Paul and his group and the early church, they're trying to do it. Now, you're pushing on that door, it won't open, and and, and they're going, what's going on here? It says, the Holy Spirit... Isn't this, do you find this interesting? I think it's wonderful. Things don't always happen on our schedule or the way we want it to or how we want it to be. So you have to trust the spirit. You say, but I got scripture for it. Well, they did too. They got Mark 16. They got scripture for it. And yet here's the spirit, uh, say forbidding them, not just saying you might want to re, re, reassess your schedule, forbidding them to preach in Asia after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bith, these places, Bithynia. Can't imagine what the hotels are like there. But the spirit suffer. T.L. Osborne used to tell his crew, I got... They'd be in West Africa or somewhere back there in the 50s. He'd say, uh, I got good news and bad news about the hotel. He said, the good news is it's only $7 a night. The bad news is why it's $7 a night. I've been in a few of those. But the they were going to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered or allowed them not. Now, see, they're trying to obey the Great Commission, and here the Spirit's pulling them back. They, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. Now, when they got there, then they knew, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now, he knew then, he knew then exactly why the Spirit of God had pulled them back. It wasn't that the Spirit didn't want them preaching ever in those places. Because the Bible says later that the word of God grew throughout the all of Asia. In fact, by a space of two years, they had reached all of known Asia from their school of prophets. I mean, we haven't reached all of known Pasco County in, you know, uh, 500 years. So God help us, you know. 
but, but, but then it really is reached because there's a church on every corner and there's church on TV, there's the Bible on TV and every, everywhere. Americans really have a little excuse. Well, we didn't know anything. That's not true. This is not a heathen country. Uh, the gospel is everywhere. <laughs> uh, uh, just absolutely everywhere if you'll listen. So a lot of times, you know, you have, you have heathen nations that have never heard and, uh, they're getting fewer and far between, but, there's still some places that the gospel's never been preached. People never heard of Jesus. They don't know Jesus from Ronald McDonald. Uh, they might know Ronald McDonald before. They know Coca-Cola, that's for sure. And they don't, they don't know the name of Christ. And so there you've got a heathen situation. There's scripture for that, how to deal with that. But then there's a difference in a heathen land and a land that's Christ rejecting. And so our nation in, in many quarters is Christ rejecting. A lot of times, too, people aren't rejecting Christ as much as they're rejecting their perception of religion. And they don't want a group of people telling them what to do and how to live and that sort of thing. So they're, they're not really rejecting Christ. They're oftentimes rejecting organized religion that they are afraid of. So, you know, we have to be compassionate. Amen. At one time, we or our families were the people that didn't know anything. And then the glorious light of the gospel came. Amen. So we have to have compassion on the sinners. Don't just curse them and tell them to go to hell. That's not exactly helpful. <laughs> we want to reach them with God's love and blessing. Amen. And tell them God loves them and, and we're praying for them and that they'll see the light of the gospel. So anyway, it wasn't that the Holy Spirit was not wanting Asia reached for some reason because they were under judgment or some nonsense. It was because that God needed that party, the, the Paul, the Apostle Paul Evangelistic Association. He needed them in Macedonia at that time because people were praying and there was a heart cry out for that area. And so the Lord was saying, if you, if you get involved with Asia, it's going to be hard to, to, to turn you and get you back to Macedonia. So the Lord did that. Uh, specific thing. Now, there's no mention ever again of this kind of action happening. It was a one-time thing, but it's a great illustration, isn't it? All right, now look, so how many get what I'm trying to say? They've got Scripture to, to go forth, but the Holy Spirit's pulling back. Sometimes we'll begin to even pray. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 26, that we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us. Amen. So as we try to, sometimes we'll, we'll, somebody will present us with a need and we'll go to, gonna, boy, we're gonna, we're gonna get the prayer team up and we're gonna go after that and pray. Have you ever tried to pray something there was no unction to pray for it? Hello, I'm first one to admit. You know, uh, well, this is a prayer need, we need to pray. So you, you know, it's generally okay to pray, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will pull you back from praying about that. And, and all of a sudden you'll be praying over here. I've done that before, so deflected. And I'm just like, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, I'm not focusing. Maybe I need, you know, uh, ADD medicine or something. I'm, I'm not focusing on, 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 on what I'm supposed to be focusing on here. And I'm over here praying about something else that's seemingly not related, but oftentimes it is related. The Holy Spirit knows everything. How many believe God knows everything? See, we never know everything. We think we do. I've heard the whole story. Well, no, you haven't. You've heard, you've heard part of a story or a story. You may have heard a bunch of hoo, hoo, hooey 
too. You know, I you don't know what you've heard. But, I, uh, you know, Myrtle told me the whole thing. Well, okay. <laughs> How reliable is Myrtle? I mean, you know, you just never know. But thank God the Holy Spirit knows Myrtle's version and the turtles, Myrtle the turtle. I don't know. No, the whole, any, praise God. I might need Ritalin medicine. I don't know. What's the subject? Okay. Second, look at second Corinthians 12. Um, glory to God. What am I trying to, what's the encouragement in this? I'll tell you where it's at. Sometimes we're standing, 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 standing on something, and uh, it, it's almost discouraging because you feel like, well, God's not answering my prayer. He's not answering my faith. And I think at a time like that, you need to go to back to prayer and say, okay, Lord, is there something else you're trying to do here? Is there something you're trying to show me? Or maybe the Lord will show you that you're under attack of the enemy. Now, here we have... Uh, um, let's see, where am I? 12, 7. Okay, so Paul has got this, you know, thorn in the flesh thing, which is not eye pus, by the way. If you've been taught that, that's crazy. His thorn in the flesh, he tells what it is. It's a messenger of Satan sent to, to buffet him. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure... Through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. There it is. It's not I pus. <laughs> to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing. Now, here we go. If it's from the devil, doesn't he have a right to rebuke it? Yes. Why do I say that? Because Jesus told Peter... He says, I give unto you the keys, the kingdom, whatever you allow, heaven will allow. Whatever you forbid, heaven will back you up. Whatever you say goes. We're not supposed to be endorsing the work of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And here, here, poor Paul's got a messenger of Satan. Now look at this. For this thing, you ever had that thing you're praying about? The thing? For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, okay, you've suffered enough, I'll pull it back. No, what did he say? My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And he says down here, finally, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So should he just praise the Lord for this horrible thing? No, he's not saying that. But he's saying, I'm recognizing where my strength comes from. Uh, I, God's grace, he, God's grace is sufficient for what? To, to overcome this thorn in the flesh. Yeah. Not God's grace is sufficient for you just to grin and bear it. He didn't say ever grin and bear it. But he said, my grace is sufficient. And actually, you need to turn this around on the devil and say, you think 
you're weakening me through this. You're actually strengthening me because I'm standing in God. I'm standing in grace. I'm standing in faith. I'm standing in boldness greater than before. It is really true. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> and, uh, and, and once you get over the fear factor, is this helping you? Once you get over the fear factor of this thing, and say, well, the worst thing that could have happened has happened. Okay, great. That's a day to bake a cake. Because it's like, okay, this is as bad as it can be. And praise the Lord, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going on in victory. Hallelujah. Preach, pastor. Appreciate all the amens and shouting and falling out on the floor from the tremendous message. Um, so again, notice he said, I, that he, so he prayed. I don't believe Paul prayed out of the will of God. I don't believe he prayed out of the word, out of the boundaries of the word. Do you? I mean, this guy wrote three quarters of the New Testament. I mean, I don't think he's like doctrinally off here praying for that. Yet he kept praying. What I'm trying to tell you is oftentimes if you're praying about a situation, I've, I've prayed before about things. And I had the Lord, I finally went to the Lord and I said, you know what, this should have turned by now, what's the deal? I've actually prayed that, what's the deal? And the Lord will tell me sometimes, well, you're praying wrong. Here's what you need to do. I remember I was praying for, well, I'll just say it, I was praying for my children, <laughs> kind of out there in la-la land, uh, and I was praying and few years ago, some of you remember this, I, we were, I was praying and, you know, they were just, just, just not being, they were being stinkers. Okay, I don't know how to put it out with that. And I'm praying, Lord, you know, move on them, show them the error of their way. You ever prayed that for somebody? Show them the error of their way. Let all the things that they were taught bring, brought to remembrance. I'm praying all this stuff that I can think of to pray and quoting scripture. And finally, I asked the Lord, I said, what's the deal? There's just like no, nothing's giving way here. And the Lord said, you're praying wrong. He says, it's the goodness of God that brings men's hearts to repentance, not seeing the error of their ways. See, the church preaches the error of the ways message. But Christ preaches grace. Christ preaches love. Amen. If uh, They don't need to see the error of their ways. They need to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And the Bible says that draws them to repentance. What does repent mean? Feel really bad and cruddy about how they've acted. <laughs> That's this kind of the parent in us that really would love to hear that. That would just be great. Dad, you were right all these years, and I've been wrong, and I just want to admit that. See, there's just something, there's just some psychological need like really weird codependent thing that we need to hear that. But, you know, if you ever hear that, you, you know, you should probably take your child to a psychiatrist. There's something has happened really traumatic in their life because nobody will admit that. But we want to hear it anyway. And I appreciate, you know, all the oatmeal you made me growing up and then, and then, you know. Well, we're not going to hear that probably. But forget that. Who needs it? What we want is for their life to be blessed and their, you know, or, or some friend or loved one you're praying for, their life to be blessed and over the top and overcoming, amen, and, uh, and serving God and expanding the kingdom. That's what it's all about. 
And if they never admit anything to you, well, big deal. Who cares? You know, uh, other than showing some honor and respect. And, and you know, that comes with Christ making a transformation. And so the Bible says it's the goodness of God. And that scripture just came out at me. I was sitting at the kitchen table and it just came out at me and kind of hit me in the face. It's the goodness of God. I mean, it's like almost an audible voice. Here I'm praying. I've been praying diligently. Lord, let them see how they're acting. You know, <laughs> praise God. And the Spirit of God says, it's the goodness. I almost like the still small voice whispering in your ear. It's the, hey, you know, like tapping you on the shoulder. Hey, it's the goodness of God that draws men's hearts to repentance. And I said, Lord, I'm going to change the whole direction of my prayer to let them see the goodness of God. And you know it made a difference. It made a change. Uh, the phone calls started coming and the, 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 the difference happened. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we've got a ways to go there, but uh, hey, we're on the right path at least and the right track. And everybody eventually has to say, stop being a Gnostic and saying, I need a savior. I need a healer. I need a deliverer. I can't do this life just by myself. And God never intended for us to live apart from him. Look at the Garden of Eden. He walked with them every day. See how y'all doing down here. And, uh, God didn't, God didn't stop showing up for the walk. Adam and Eve did. Went hiding in the corner with their fig leaf fashion on. And the Lord said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And he, and, and he gave them fur coats. Praise the Lord. Uh, and to wear and to cover them and there's a whole thing of redemption there, types and shadows. I won't get into that and bore you till you just wish I would shut up. But you know, with a Bible a seminary lesson. But <laughs> and the Greek word for you know anyway, and you know, you have to be if you're pastoring a church anywhere near Tarpon Springs, you have to be a little crazy to try to pronounce Greek words anyway. You all remember Kay Russo was a part of our church and she moved on to heaven. And I used to try to say Greek words in front of her. She always corrected me. I said, I've got to be like a crazy person to try to even try this and just spell it. There, there's the Greek word on the screen. Say it however you like. Because <laughs> it's going to be wrong. <laughs> a gringo trying to speak Greek, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. The only thing we memorized Greek in Georgia was the names of the sororities and the fraternities at the University of Georgia. Anyway, uh, we got those Greek letters. Hallelujah. So anyway, I wanted you to see that Paul, twice, he's trying to obey the Scripture and quote the Scripture and stand on it, and, and yet the Spirit's got something different to say. It's not really different. It's just the Lord's trying to help us to see. Amen. So I've said all that to say this. If you are finding yourself in what it feels like, people say the heavens are brass and uh, nothing's moving here, why don't you ask the Lord to show you what you need to see? And say, Lord, let me see what I need to see. And he'll give you direction on how to... To over, either overcome that or go around it or blow it up or whatever you need to do. But uh, you'll get an answer from the Lord. So we need to be people of the word. 
I think this is, I think some of this is going to bleed over into our camp meeting. We need to be people of the word and people of the spirit. And that's why you can't just become an egghead, theological egghead. You know what I mean? Where you're, that's why we have double doors on churches so that the people with the big head can get through the door, you know, you know, um, and get out the door with all their knowledge. But, you know, you can become a theological, you know that, that in certain seminaries we have professors who are atheists. I mean, in, in different denominations, they're, 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 they'll tell you that they don't even believe in God and they're teaching the, the Bible, you know, class <laughs> at the, at the seminary. Isn't that crazy? So, you know, you could learn Christianity from a technical textbook point of view, right? Uh, and just teach it, you know, like a, a, a science. Uh, but so people say, well, I know so many scriptures. Well, big deal. Uh, it's the scripture with the, the spirit that really makes the difference. And that's why your prayer time doesn't just need to be the bread of life, you know, out of the plastic thing on the kitchen table. Thought for the day. Well, that might start you out. But you need to get in the Word. You should watch Pastor Scarlett. She's an amazement to me because she'll, she'll, she'll be, she's always up before me. Can you imagine? I need like, I thought, I need one of those beds that when the alarm goes off, the mattress flips up, you know, and just throws me onto the floor. And then the mattress goes into the wall and is a sealed thing until the, the next night, yeah. That's, that's, I need that. But, Pastor Scarlett will get up and, uh, she'll be just out on the back patio and she's got her Bible, it's always a notebook and a pen. And so her time with the Word is not just mem- scripture memorization, but it's an interaction with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I, I'm, I want her to lay hands on me and I get that. Because I'm a little different the way I go about it. But praise God, you know, to each his own, right? But the uh, main thing is that you know that there's a cooperation here. Folks, God never wanted us just to try to make it on our own and impress him. No, that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Holy Spirit abides. You know that old song, he abides, he abides, hallelujah, he abides with me. He abides, he lives with me, he's in me, He's he wants to guide me through the day. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, amen. And I'm walking in faith and I'm walking and the Lord's going, and I'm going, well, this is the way I always go with this idea. And the Lord says, yeah, well, how's that worked out for you? You know, maybe you should change directions or do something different. Uh, I'm hoping that encourages you today. If the way seems tough on some subject or some area of your life, don't get discouraged today. Don't throw in the towel, the, you that are listening by um, Internet. Don't don't get upset and say, well, uh, my faith isn't working. There's no such thing as your faith not working. It is working. Your faith is always working. You've got the faith of God. How can it not work? If your faith isn't working, well, neither is the universe. Neither is the earth spinning around the sun. We're going to crash into it. You're talking about climate change. That'd be bad. So everything is upheld by the word of his power 
and including our lives, but the Holy Spirit wants to guide us and direct us and lead us. Amen. And get up every day and say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me. Uh, if even driving down the road, you know, sometimes I'll feel like uh, the Lord will say, don't take that street. Go over this way. Well, there's been other times that I've been, no, I'm taking that street because it's shorter. And uh, and I've had problems, too, if I'd have listened to the Lord. I've, I've, we've had accidents where where I'm thinking, well, we shouldn't have had this accident. You know, we got Psalm 91. And then the Lord, Holy Spirit will bring to me and says, yeah, I told you to turn back there and you didn't. Go, go, go an extra cup. It, oh, we're talking three minutes difference. Well, it took more than three minutes to wait for the state patrol to show up. Are you listening? And so if we would listen to the Lord, we wouldn't get in trouble. I really believe that. I know that we can have attacks and so forth against us, but as far as us just being the part of the problem we wouldn't be if we'd listened to him uh what is it mark hankins says about the holy spirit making you smart yeah he says the holy spirit will make you look like a genius well i happen to know that i am not a genius one time i had to send my transcripts in from college you know toward to, to to get some some you know a transfer deal and uh, I hadn't been in school in a while, and I looked at my transcripts, and I thought, oh, my God, I had a horrible grades. I was embarrassed. I thought, I don't want anybody to see this, and I'm actually paying money to send this to somebody to read. you got to be kidding. It's like, it's like burn the records. You know, if you heard, did you know that the archives at the, uni- at the uh, Georgia State University went down, you know, uh, burnt down to the ground? Good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe maybe my files are so old that they're not on the computer anywhere, you know, and and I can say, oh, I think I was a 4.0. I'm pretty sure, right? You know, <laughs> seems to me that was my remembrance, you know. <laughs> and then my wife here, she's got a plaque in her office, top student of the whole Florida State, whatever, you know. <laughs> program I thought oh my god and then I felt really good about it because I thought I married a genius I'm not one but I'm smart enough to marry one praise the Lord there's hope I'm saved <laughs> yeah it's in there in her office you know the, what, what was it called the highest grade point average of of, of uh, uh, Florida State right Highest grade point average of Florida State in her graduating class. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I upgraded myself. I'm, I married a genius. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. See, maybe I can get it by osmosis. Uh, <laughs> like brain, brain cell transfer something. <laughs> All right. You can see I've sputtered to the close. Let's, uh, <laughs> we're out of gas. All right, praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and praise God today. Thank Him for the Word. Thank Him for the guidance of the Spirit. Lord, we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's. Uh, I'm going to pray for you. Let's stand and we'll pray. We'll pray the prayer we prayed in Brazil at the end of every service and had great testimonies. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this congregation, anybody that's got any kind of physical ailment, sickness, disease, uh, weakness in the name of Jesus. I speak to that by the authority of the word. In the name of Jesus, I command uh, blind eyes to open, deaf ears to open.
will stop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up, any kind of physical ailment, any kind of mental torment or emotional torment, go in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that we are delivered from the power of the enemy through the blood of Jesus. We give you glory and honor. I thank you, Lord, that this week will be a week of increase in all of our lives in every area. Increase of of finance, increase of health, increase of favor, increase of peace, increase of joy. In Jesus' name, amen.